Hello, welcome to the A to the K Wrestling Show. We're going to do what we always do by kicking it over to Road Dog for A to the K's little known fact of the week. Oh, you didn't know? There he is. Well, Anthony, we're fresh off Money in the Bank. Yes, we are. Now on the slip road to SummerSlam. Try to use, you know. Slippy. What, what do they call it? Alliteration? The off ramp. Something like that. I don't know what it's called. Um, try to use two scissors. You have road to. Oh, I okay, get yeah, yeah. That even that doesn't work. Road You're to going for you know, for, yeah, yeah. So I think it was alliteration. Um, I thought you were you were going for like a, a road reference. Uh, well, so it's like so you're trying to do like a freeway thing, you know. But yeah, well, it's, it's cool. Road to WrestleMania. We've got the slip road to SummerSlam. That's what I was trying yeah. to do. But anyway, and it's you know, you it's know? Cool. <laughs> um, uh, did you know? Did you no. know? Did you know? Did I know? SummerSlam, Anthony. I didn't know. Besmirched. Justice has taken place because there's a huge misconception. The very first TLC match took place at WrestleMania 2000. But in actual fact, the WrestleMania 2000 match between the Dudleys, the Hardys and Edge and Christian was just a triangle ladder match. It wasn't even a TLC. It was actually a few months later at SummerSlam 2000 that the first TLC match came to be. Um, and that was the huge part of SummerSlam that year. And obviously the success of that made them run it back at WrestleMania 17. So you're all wrong. Crazy. Your minds are blown. To paraphrase a famous wrestler, they need to know their facts and shut their mouths. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was our little known fact of the week. And this is Road Dogg to sing us out of the segment. Oh, you didn't know! <laughs> little pointy points are never really out, because I can't hear the sounds. I press play, yeah. watch a part yeah. go to the end. Yeah. Kenny Omega. <laughs> um, Likes to play. Wrestling. Should we talk wrestling, shall we? I mean, it's better than, you know, pointy McFinger bang. Um. <laughs> no, whenever you say finger bang, it goes straight to, um, do you remember South Park when they made a boy band? Oh, yeah. And then one of the songs was finger bang. Oh, yeah. Of course. I love South Park. Uh, my, my head starts doing that song, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Maybe you can rendition it for us at the end. Um, but yeah, so oh, People Anthony, don't want that. Anthony, we had some returns this week. Brock's back. Roman returns again with the alliteration as a theme. As a theme. Um, so on SmackDown, Roman graced us with his presence after fucking God knows how long and wherever he's been. Um, and basically did his usual stick, except Paul Heyman was there and he's like, Hey, Paul, you look nervous. Tell people why you're so nervous. And apparently Paul was like, Because we've got a problem and that problem's Brock Lesnar. And then Theory comes down and he's just. Like, well, what's going to happen here? Is he going to cash in? What's going on? And he just kind of walks around the ring, goes back up the ramp, um, all while laughing, which I thought, fair, fair play. Um, then on Raw, um, so Lesnar has come back, and he gets interrupted by Paul Heyman. And then Theory interrupts him. So it's pretty much the same thing on both shows with the two mm, yeah. you know, guys who are going to main event some stuff. Um, but essentially, uh, Theory came out and played the clip from Elimination Chamber, where Brock basically tried to kill him. And then Alpha Academy came down to attack Brock Lesnar because I'm assuming Austin Theory paid them to do so for some reason. Maybe. For revenge. And then Brock murders them. So, yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to call out, though, is just incredible promos from Paul Heyman once again. Um, I am a big fan of Cowboy Brock as well. I do think he just feels more natural. 
and is doing a really good job. But yeah, hey, just love my funny. So so good, and I don't care what anyone says. I am a big fan of Austin Theory, and I think what they're doing with him is is perfect. He just comes down. He's got his briefcase. He's being dead annoying, and people are like, no, that's like X Pac Heat. Although, no. do you think? I mean, some people like. Some people believe it's the wrong kind of heat. I am with you. It's not the wrong kind of heat. I'm not a big fan, but it's not the wrong kind of heat, I don't think. No. And um, the only thing I'm a bit puzzled by, though, is like, you know, the the, the Snivelly Weasley guy that they are they, that we know, would he want to antagonise Brock? Um, I mean, it's a, it's a good point. But I suppose, yeah, fair play. Mm. Maybe that is a little bit short-sighted on his part, but... He's got the money in the bank briefcase, so he's just going around with it thinking. I mean, that could be part of the whole thing. He's getting cocky because he's got that that case now. Well, I don't imagine know. Imagine if Brock even so. managed to defeat Roman and then Theory catches in on Brock after all this. If, like... if they have, do you know what? Right, I'm not going to turn on you properly, Carl. But if they have him cash in on Brock, I'm going to go and join all the X Pac Heat people. And I'm going <laughs> to talk shit about on me. And now I've got a shit goatee as well, like Theory. Probably one of the only reasons I really like it. You also um, take a, a good selfie like he does. Well, yeah, there is that. Um, <laughs> although, yeah, my my six pack is a six pack of rolls, so that's the probably the primary difference. But still, um, yeah, big fan of theory, and I get your point. But yeah, it's interesting. I don't really know what where they're going to go because I think they've announced now we've got Brock versus Roman for the last time. Well, allow me to help you where they're going to go, Calm. And I want to say that I kind of called this situation where. They don't really have a proper direction for the money in the bank winner. They did it last time. I feel like they're doing it again. And this isn't necessarily a bad move. And he's, uh, you've rightly pointed out, he's got a year for them to decide what they're doing. But I, I, this, to me, says that they haven't got a plan. The bit I want to mention, Carl, is Ziggler returning. Why does that affect theory? Because, well, he's kind of returned as a face. Um, so we had the... Main events for Raw this week was uh, Riddle and Lashley versus Rollins and Theory. Um, you know, and for some reason, you know, Ziggler decides to to watch at ringside, even though we've not seen him in ages. So you're like, okay, sure. Um, so Theory tries to steal it at the end with the uh, the feet on the ropes, and Ziggler pushes his feet off. So again, clear sign that he's not having this BS, but a clear sign that the pushing towards Ziggler. And theory, you know, we had Ziggler after the match hitting theory with a super kick, so we're going into that sort of feud. And to be honest, that to me, I'm totally fine with because I think Ziggler gets a he doesn't get the recognition he deserves. To be honest, Ziggler, in terms of someone you can you can cut your teeth on uh, and you can help propel theory with, Ziggler's definitely the right person. He, he's fucking fantastic at selling for starters. So. Uh, the feud itself is going to be brilliant. I think Ziggler can work well with them in a technical sense in the ring. But what's that got to do with the money in the bank? It's got fuck all to do with the money in the bank, Cal. And they just need to give Theory something to do to keep them relevant because they don't want them to cash in on either right now. That's my point. That's my theory. <laughs> it did feel very, very random, didn't it? Now, Theory does have a match at SummerSlam uh, for the US title. Again, a rematch with Bobby. So again, you've got that whole thing with rematch. I mean, look, let me call that for you now. He's going to have a rematch against Bobby, right? Ziggler's going to cost him that too, and they'll further their feud. So he's not going to get that title back. Seems most likely. But yeah, this did feel very, very random. And also, I don't know what it is about Ziggler. He's just got a very punchable face, hasn't he? So he's one of those guys who just works much better as a heel because you naturally want to boom. Don't get me wrong. There was a point in time 
when he had the money in the bank and he cashed in on Del Rio where he was white hot and the fans were, I mean, you know... I mean, the thing is, Del Rio was probably more unlikable than Ziggler. So you got one of them's got to be the good guy. Well, yeah, this is true. But yeah, I think I think what it is is he has proven he can be a top babyface, but he's just had so many years of just nothingness since then that it's kind of the ship's really sailed on him, which is a shame. But let's I think he's had such a, such a time as being a heel as well. You just kind of used to him being a heel. Well, Comes it. out chewing his gum, and you're like, yeah, even this his, guy. Even his mannerisms, like I get that he cost theory of the match, which the fans seem to like, but. When he um, hit him with a super kick afterwards and stood over him in the ring, he didn't look like a face. He had a little, like, little scowl on his face, like he was a heel. So well, yeah. it's weird though because it is kind of like you know it's face because he's he's the foil for theory who people aren't liking, but at the same time like to get involved in shit, it's none of his business. It's like kind of healy, isn't it? Mind your business, mind, mind your business. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> um, of people, should mind their business. So. Firstly, it looks like we're getting Street Profits and the Usos for the 8 millionth time, Anthony, because Usos come out to do a promo, Street Profits come out, and basically they're doing this whole shtick of, well, Tez's shoulder was up at SummerSlam, so, uh, sorry, at Money in the Bank, so we need a rematch at SummerSlam because you didn't really beat us, and blah, 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 so who would come down? R-Truth, for some reason. And he's like, I'm certified in many things, including being you know, a tag team counsellor. So you kind of go right, and then he also says he's also certified as a referee. So maybe he should referee their match at SummerSlam. So you're like right, and then Omos comes down, and you're like right. Like what? What even was this whole segment? And it's and it's probably the wrong place. thing to zoom in on. But like, since when did you have to be certified as a referee? <laughs> no idea. Am I am I meant to assume that every, every single guest referee match. we've had? <laughs> Go take a course for like, yeah, like, so, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, all these people, Austin, they've all been certified referees. That's it. You have to do, like, a, a really just... intensive, like, multi-week training program online. It's crazy. Yeah. What you have to do, you have to lie down, and you have to hit the mat with your hand. I'm sure, um, I, I feel like I'm being disrespectful to referees. I know there's a lot more to it than that. I just find it funny that the amount of times they've had someone there uh, clearly just to screw with people, and they've never mentioned being a certified referee. Well, the fuck's this? Exactly. Um, well, yeah, this whole segment just felt random as fuck. And the fact that you kind of come out of the segment with Omos winning it, and it's like, well, what does that really further? Because him, he's not going to have a feud with R-Truth, is he? And you've got Street Profits and um, Usos going on. So what was the point of this with Omos being involved? It's almost like they've got nothing for him. So let's stick him in there for no reason. So, yeah, I'd, I just don't know. But I, I believe off the back of this that we may have a special referee now in this match at SummerSlam, but it's a, you know, to be determined. So no idea who that's going to be or how they're going to play that at this moment in time because I don't know who would make sense. Um, mm. Unless it's, I don't know, another member of the bloodline or something. Maybe they get that guy from NXT gets a call up to be the referee. <laughs> like, uh, that guy. Yeah. You know that guy. Uh, yeah, so, that's yeah. fair. There's plenty of the bloodline there. Maybe Rikishi comes back and, you know, helps his sons that way. I mean, I he is a bad man. <laughs> he did it for the for the Usos. <laughs> Love it. Um, so I'm going to cover women's titles pictures in general this week, Carl. And Thank don't be wrong, there's been some controversy. I think we're covering that in the news. 
rightly or wrongly. Yeah, don't, don't know how true these things are, but it's there, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. But let's talk about the actual women's title fixes at the moment. So on SmackDown, we had Liv cutting um, a, a typical face Liv promo. Um, don't mind them at all. A lot of people complain that she's quite green on the mic. Uh, you know what? They, they, they do the job. There's not a lot to say is there at the end of the day, so she's trying to work what she got. It's like, she's a champ. She's made up. She loves the, loves the fans. Anyway, we had uh, Natalia coming out to say, you know, she only beat Ronda because of her. Ronda's coming out and saying, you know, defending the title's much harder than me, which, uh, yeah, then you proved that, Ronda. You won it and then couldn't defend it, so that's a fair point, yeah. Um, you know, and we end up with Natty versus Ronda. So, you know, I don't know where they're going with this because Liv weren't a part of the match. Um, I mean, I, I personally... That we're doing Liv versus Ronda at SummerSlam, which... Do we want to see that? I don't. I would personally, if you're going to do any, I would personally like to see Natalia in Liv at this point. Yeah. But I don't think we're getting it. it. It's clearly just like you say, it's a vehicle. Ronda's going to head to SummerSlam and hopefully not win it back. But I don't know how, because like, all due respect to Liv, and I know you're a big fan, I don't know how they can realistically have Liv win clean. But she's the face, so she wouldn't win through shenanigans, so I don't know. Well, that's it. Imagine she drops the title so soon to Ronda after all that. That would just well, be unless, unless, you know, Natty, they, they, maybe there's a long-term plan here and Natty's going to cost Ronda at SummerSlam. You know, they finish the Natty-Ronda feud and then Natty feels that she's entitled to a title shot because she lives only everyone because of her and then she can prove a point on Natty. You know, it could all work out. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows, Carl? Exciting stuff. And as I say, listen to the news segment as well, guys, because there's a bit more to talk about on the whole Natalia situation. And we don't, it's all sort of speculative at this point, but fucking interesting. Just just go over to, I mean, we haven't recorded it yet, but you don't know that. They'll all be there when you listen. So, you know, just, just go over and listen to that one as well. Well, let me finish this first. Just don't be impatient. Um, so on Raw, Carl, we had uh, Bianca versus Carmella. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Becky at ringside because, you know, it's a nice week for people at ringside. You like being at ringside. Returns and ringsides is like the, the, the two yeah. main standouts of this week. That's a, isn't that another podcast? <laughs> Maybe. Don't surprise me. <laughs> anyway, um, so we had Becky at ringside. Naturally, you know, had to do some sort, do something, cause some sort of issue, and she distracts Bianca. So Carmella gets the win via countout. So that means nothing. No offense to Carmella, but it means nothing. She won, didn't win the title, so. No, I this was one feud they just didn't need to carry on from Money in the Bank. Like she was, she won a, a last minute kind of scramble match to basically get in, uh, get the opportunity. She got beat, and then now they're trying to carry it on. So it just feels like Carmella's being used as a pawn at this point until we get Becky and Bianca again potentially. So yeah, I don't really understand what what they're trying to achieve. Unfortunately. Um. So speaking of things that I'm not really sure what they're trying to achieve. It's all about the segues as well this week. Um, so, I thought you were going to talk about our podcast for a second. <laughs> that too. Now, it was announced that for Clash of the Castle, which is going to be the premium live event that is emanating from Wales, um, a little bit too far down the road for us to go to because we're lazy. Uh, and the transport <laughs> links are pretty awful, so we're not going to. But we've got Clash of the Castle coming up, and there was meant to be a number one contender match on SmackDown, which was going to be Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus to see who would go on to face Roman Reigns at Clash at the Castle. So we're getting ready for the match. Sheamus is there, and all of a sudden, 
which was really weird because I don't think WWE have ever referenced this, even if they have, it's maybe like once. So Seamus goes, he starts coughing, and it's like, oh, I think I'm maybe got a little bit of the COVID. Right? Mm. And he's like, I, I, I can't compete now until I get tested, so you'll have to just fight Butch. And basically Drew McIntyre just ends up twatting Butch, and then, yeah, that was kind of it. So we didn't get any kind of idea who is going to go on to face Roman because the match never happened. So that was kind of a throwaway. Well, and then also, Anthony, poor Butch. Um, poor Butch, I know. He's not really... I mean, we know what a big fan of Pete Dunne you are, so it's it's ridiculous to see him fucking scrappy do now for these. But, right, you, <laughs> know, you, know, huge, you know what a huge fan of Drew McIntyre I am. But I'm not yes. a fan of his huge sword. Not. Despite, He's had that thing for a while. Despite what, you know, people may think. Uh, but no, <laughs> I I can't stand it, right? And this was an incredibly cheesy spot at the end of this, which he's done it before, but now, is he, how do you make it cheesier? So he gets his little sword, he cuts the ring rope, and just as he does it, the pyro goes off. Like, fuck off. Like, really? Wow. Cheesy. Cheese on toast, mate. Fucking cheese on toast. What, why are they leaning so heavily into the sword thing? I have no idea. It's like it's almost. They, as though... they know it's not. They know it's not character work, don't they? They know it's a prop. It's not a character. Like... <laughs> I feel like they've tried to lean back. Like, and don't get me wrong, I love the the um, the golden era where everyone had a gimmick and stuff. I I remember that fondly, and I love it. It's like they've tried to go all the way back to there and make him like have a, a typical Scottish man gimmick. It's like fucking berserker. He's a Viking, so we'll come. It's like that's what they've done. But honestly, though, this is like it, it doesn't even feel like a gimmick to me. When they got what's his gimmick? Well, he, he has a sword. Like it's not kilt. properly a gimmick, is it? And a kilt. So Roddy yeah. Piper come across as more Scottish than this. And he was Canadian, goddamn it. So there you go. And uh, that's another there. Indeed. Just yeah, always just... assumed he was Scottish in some way. <laughs> so yeah, just didn't really get this at all, um, which is a shame. And we're still on the wiser in terms of what that means for Clash of the Castle. So all in all, piss poor waste of time. Second, right, are they gonna have? We're at it. We're in a castle. Drew's got a sword. Are they gonna have like a, some sort of sword in the stone spot? Wouldn't surprise me. Are they gonna do something like that? He actually behead someone. Wow, WWE is really, really dark. I mean, to be fair, I'm calling this now. I'm surprised I haven't done this yet. Why haven't we got Al Snow back for Drew McIntyre to chop head? <laughs> like, come on. Honestly, they've set people on fire. I'm sure they could behead someone. Yeah. Just it's not out of the thing. realms of possibility. That's still, like, kind of way the fuck out of nowhere as far as WWE goes. Like, just randomly set a guy on fire with literally no consequences. And yes, it's okay, baby. Really gets it on fire, but for what? Like the the they couldn't have. I don't know why I'm going into this, but I'm fucking doing it. They couldn't have Edge's blood be red because you know they don't want to scare the children. But they can set a man on fire. Yeah, like I don't, what are the rules? Well, exactly. It's like I'm not being funny. Like imagine a, a character who just carries a gun. As soon as someone comes up, he's just like, whoa, 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 back up, bitch. Oh. And we got a like, gun thing. Hang on, right? So. Which he wins every match. <laughs> lie down! <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, why doesn't Drew just do that? If you don't want me to chop your head off, lie down and I'll pin you. I, I want them to just go fully into this and have somebody beat him with a pen. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Why not? Why not? My idea. So, Carl, last one for WWE this week, I believe. And this is credit to you. Because you fucking called this, didn't you? 
Mm-hmm. And that is Lacey turning heel. And let Not me tell you. the kind you, of guy to say, I told you so, but I told you so. You did. But let's be honest, and then we can both agree here. Well played WWE in this instance. We, we criticise WWE a lot for being a bit... Um, Tone deaf on on especially when they think we've for a long while said Roman should turn heel and then he did and it was the best thing he fucking could have done and that was like it took way too long and we've often criticised WWE for that when it's like you you trying to push this guy and really you should do something else but they saw this the same way we saw it I didn't expect WWE to see it but they've noticed what's going on they've noticed the reaction and they've gone yeah let's do this let's actually have Lacey turn heel so she cut a scathing promo this week. Uh, lambasting the fans um, and then she hit uh, it, it is the women's right isn't it the uh, the finisher I don't want to get that wrong um, on her teammate if you will Aaliyah and just leaves so I'm like you know what that's boss yeah turn a heel it worked so well as a heel like, she was getting a bad reaction anyway lean into it I think she's a fantastic heel anyway so yeah me too she's, she's another one who just works so much better as a heel uh, yeah. to fair, and to be I, honest, a last heel run involved Ric Flair, so I'd like to see one that doesn't involve Ric Flair. Well, yeah, I mean, I thought she killed it as the sassy Southern Belle thing, so now that she's kind of got this... It, it makes sense, really, doesn't it? It's, it's similar to, like, a Kurt Angle thing. It's like Kurt Angle should be he's an Olympic hero and all this kind of stuff, and the fans turned on him. He's like, how can you turn on an Olympic hero? And to, to um, Lacey's point, she's like, how can you turn... I, I've shared my personal life with you via these vignettes to try and inspire you. You know all about my history of serving, you know, serving this country and you're booing me. Like, how dare you, essentially. So it's enough to create that heel character. So I'm interested yeah. to see what they do with it. And also I want to point out, anyone watching on YouTube right now, this is why I should probably test the graphics beforehand because due to the placement of our logo and the picture of Lacey, it just looks like she's giving me a little kiss on the cheek. Right there. You defo plan that. Defo plan that. I'll take that. I'll take that. So, uh, yeah, so fair play. They've, they've actually reacted quite quickly to this and have gone, yeah, okay, it's time to turn it. So, fair play. Credit where it's due. Um, moseying on over to, I never say that. I always try to say it every week. I always fuck it up. Moseying on over to AEW. And we're not going to talk about it too much this week because we were a day late last week. And so we already covered Wardlow's TNT title win. We covered blood. And that is a fair point as well. Yeah. So we have got a couple of things to talk about. We won't go too in depth. So firstly, what we didn't talk about from last week um, is the Jericho Appreciation Society attacked Ruby Soho because she kind of aligned herself with the Blackpool Combat Club, uh, and Kingston by proxy is sort of aligned with them because he teamed up with Blood and Guts. So naturally, mm-hmm. it makes sense for Ty Conti to break Ruby Soho's arm by slamming it in a limo door. Yeah. And um, obviously, it's no longer Destination Unknown, Carl. Destination A&E. <laughs> oh, that's a shirt. We need that as a shirt. <laughs> and also, I want to point out, it's not a limo. It's just, just, a, just a car. Just a, a truck. So, apologies for that. But, um, yeah, a little bit. I, I know there's got a little bit of stick as well because of how it was sort of done. Is that Ruby kind of put her arm in place for the door to slam on her. So, it was like, well... Why didn't you just not do that, Ruby? Uh, but yeah, is what it is. Because obviously trying to, get, trying to get trying to get a bit of heat. And yeah, obviously Eddie Kingston wasn't best pleased. And we'll come on to this in a bit. But hopefully we're going to get a little bit of a culmination to the Jericho and Eddie feud in a couple of weeks' time. So ooh, ooh. nice. Well, Carl, 
I don't know how you felt recently about the whole Dark Order situation. We've reported the last few weeks about um, certain people leaving AEW and consequently leaving the Dark Order, leaving the Dark Order's future as a bit of a question mark. Well, that question mark was answered this week, Carl. We had the Dark Order all in the ring. Well, you know, the ones that are left. Um, Evil Uno starts to make it sound like they're disbanding, but then they reveal that the, the six of them are here to stay. You know, and Dark Order is forever. But just as Negative One is um, about to make a proclamation, if you will, uh, QT Marshall comes down and interrupts. Uh, we then get the result in Hangman coming down and throwing QT Marshall into the ring to be beaten down by the Dark Order. So firstly, Carl, what do you make of the Dark Order staying together? Secondly, what do you make of the, the inclusion still of Hangman? And... Lastly, how happy were you that QT Marshall got beat up? <laughs> well, we'll start with that one. I'm always happy to see QT Marshall get beat up. So <laughs> that's no surprise. Um, we kid. I don't know. You know, this might be an unpopular opinion. I, so I love the Dark Order. And I think, obviously, with what happened with Brody and stuff like that, they've done a fantastic job of keeping them together and having the storyline with Hangman and everything like that. But to me now, the Dark Order is just nothing. Being the it Dark was order for a while. Like, okay, let's yeah. be honest, it was kind of a natural kind of end point for the year, but you know they've got no, no, none of this. The whole thing that made them what they were with Brody and recruiting people and the whole like during the Dark Order that just doesn't exist anymore. They've not had any any kind of new members. There's been no storylines with it. A lot of the stuff that got them over was on, um, you know, BTE. And I, I, you know, I don't really watch it loads, but I haven't really seen much of them on there anymore these days either. So, don't get me wrong, I I fucking love John Silver. I think he's fantastic. Um, and obviously negative one, little legend and Anna J, but Evil Uno as like the the kind of leader by proxy, I've never been huge on. I know he was originally kind of seen as leader to begin with until Brody got there, but never been massive. And obviously there's only Alex Reynolds left now as well to add to the mix. Oh, and Preston fans too. To be fair to him, how could you forget Preston? Well, he forgets to reply when I send him emails. So <laughs> I told you stop sending him nudes. Well, yeah, there is that. Um, <laughs> yeah, am I a am I a ten? Uh, hey. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that that has not been proven to be true. But so it's one of them. It's he's obviously got a lot of potential as well. But I don't know. I I guess it depends where they're going to take it to, doesn't it? Because Uno kind of alluded to them potentially having a new proclamation or a new. Thing to go after now that they're here forever but it's like well what is that they didn't really tell us so is there something well, no, got interrupted. i like to think that they may have a direction that it's going in that will make us go oh okay but like right now if it's just them staying together i'm kind of with you on the it's I mean, kind of not what it was and it's kind it of like, done it seems like the direction they're going to is in a, to a feud with the fucking the nightmare factory well you know and it's like well who wants that so yeah do we, do we have a nightmare factory well, we've got QT, and I think he's still like buds with Aaron Solo and Nick Comorato, isn't he? So, technically, Two well, guys. they're the, the factory, aren't they? But, well, look at Dark Order. You can't say Nightmare anymore now Cody's gone. This is true. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, I don't really know, to be honest. But in terms of Hangman, I thought it was fine for him to kind of get involved with this, but I don't want him to go back to the whole... Like, it's been done, hasn't it? Like, just It'd be overkill to continue to to carry on with it, so... I don't know. But to put so much effort into trying to recruit him and then ultimately living with the fact that he's, he's his own thing but still buds with them. Like you say, why would we do any more with it? Exactly. 
Yeah. Um, so now this next one, I think we may have touched on it last week already, but it's been weighing on me over the week, Anthony, because of how much it actually genuinely pissed me off. And you know what? Say <laughs> it because, right, how dare you cut off a fucking Max Caster rap? By proxy, the gun club, I hate them now. This is top heel work because how dare you deprive me of my highlight of the week? I fucking love Max Caster coming out, doing his thing, Bowen's doing his thing. We've already lost Sizzle Me Daddy, Daddy ass because, you know, Billy's now sided with his sons. You know, <laughs> so... Yeah, I, um... <laughs> oh, stick of the water, man. Exactly. Um, hey, does he know everybody loves the acclaim? And that includes me. You didn't get to see it, and now I'm sad. So, yeah, fair play. I think it served a purpose, didn't it? While Bowens was out, it was nice for Caster to still get a lot of time and still be featured quite heavily. So, Bowens, fair play to him for still being there in the wheelchair and stuff like that. But now that he's seemingly back, you know, they don't really need to be together. And while I am going to miss his and me daddy ass, <laughs> I, yeah, I do think that I genuinely believe over the next 12 months, the acclaim need to be tag champs. And hopefully it doesn't take 12 months. I genuinely think they are white hot and you should push them to the fucking moon because I think they're one of the best things on, on television at the minute. And that's Carl's weekly statement that they are one of the best things on television at the minute. <laughs> well, Carl, we have a new tag team in AEW, don't we? Oh, here we go. And here's Anthony's weekly I Love Thunder Rosa. Um, I mean, that's, that, that's a given, but it's actually... I want to make a point here, Carl. I'm confident we made this tag team name. Right? Okay. I'm not saying they stole it from us. It might have been a bit too obvious and they've come up with it as well. But I reckon we got in there first. So I'm going to claim it under the fact that we mentioned it earlier on than they did. Right? Because the new tag team of Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm is Thunderstorm. Thunder Rosa. Oh. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Rosa Storm. Uh, so uh, obviously a brilliant tag name um, and like I'm sure they come up with it by themselves but we got there first damn it um, I we, did. we always do I, I think we did I'm sure we did but anyway it's an interesting development Carl and uh, you know we've got some, some nice joint merch which I'm sure you're going to buy um, I don't know do you know what I keep saying I'm going to buy Thunder merch and I never do I should it also, like, for a second there, I thought, what, we've got joint merch with them? Like, A to the K Thunderstorm? Like, okay, I'll buy that. I, I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Uh, Robocop reference right there for you, millennials. <laughs> anyway, the question I've got, Carl, do you think this tag team will last? Or do you think we're going to get a bit of a heel turn from at least one of them because we need to continue the title feud? Can they possibly coincide? Um... Ah, that one, isn't it? That classic. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to see a Tony Storm heel turn here. Well, you've got to turn one of them, haven't you? And I think, I don't, I genuinely don't know. I don't think they're going to last as like a long-term thing. So typically that... Mind you, you know, the, like Thunder's got a little bit of heat as of late, um, almost unnecessarily. A, a heel turn might make better sense for her. She always played a good heel in NWA. So maybe we could get a heel turn from Thunder. I mean, it would be interesting to see how she does pull that off in AEW, to be honest, because it's it's mad because they've got such a stacked roster. They've now got the two belts and it's it's hard to find who makes the most sense as title challenges for Thunder. 
it's a, it's mm. much harder for me to to make cases for who should go after Thunder than it is to make cases of who should go after Jade. Which is, which is weird. No, um, I kind of agree, but Thunder can wrestle anyone, so anyone. Oh, exactly. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I feel like there's just a lot of women that you go, yeah, a TNT um, title feels uh, like it might work. Oh, sorry, TBS title feels like it might work. Or, mm-hmm. But you look at some of the others and you're like, mm, are we really going to push them to be in the, the main title for you? I don't really know. You've kind of had, obviously, you've got you've had Brit. So you, we know there's there's history there with them too, but I feel like that will be you know revisited, but not yet. Um, so I don't know. I don't know who else you push there. Like Tony is is the perfect one. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But again, we're gonna get this feud continuing, aren't we? So there's gonna be something comes of this. Keep keep yeah. your eyes peeled on what that is. <laughs> and then um, you know we'll see what the future brings. But I personally, I would like a Thunder heel turn. That's what I want. Okay. Give me what the future brings. All right, hey, the reference. Pipe down. Um, so speaking about what the future brings, so tonight, July 13th, so by the time you're listening to this or watching this, it's already happened, and we're out of date. It's what we do. But we've got week one of Fighter Fest, and in terms of what's being announced on the card, we have got a uh, three-way tag with Keith Lee and Swerve taking on Powerhouse, Hobbs, and Ricky Starks, taking on the Young Bucks for the tag titles. Should be a hell of a match. As I always say, Carl, you can't beat a good three-way. Hey, I love it. Yes, I do. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so I think Young Bucks are pretty obviously going to win that one. We have got Wardlow against Orange Cassidy. Again, Wardlow's only just won the belt, so it's pretty obvious he's going to win that one. Uh, a really fun match, obviously revisiting the past We The People shizzle with um, Claudio Castagnoli taking on Jake Hager. So I think that is a, a nice little first kind of yeah. proper, you know, matching AW for Claudio. Yeah. So that'll be fun. That could be a bit of a I actually think that's like a bit of a dark horse of a match really, isn't it? Where like people might not think about it all too much, but it, it has the, the makings of being like a really a almost match of a night candidate, in all honesty, yeah. if they well, pull I mean, it off. They're really close former tag team partners in WWE, aren't they? So you'd imagine that they'd have good chemistry to work together anyway from being a tag team and stuff. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I think I agree. It could be a dark horse. And then main event wise, we've got Moxley defending against Takashida. So again, obviously we know he's getting all the plaudits at the minute. Takashida. You know, we spoke to Griff last week, the week before. He was saying he's somebody that. Yeah, we were chatting with Griff a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we can just drop that. that now. It's mad, isn't it? Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, Griff Garrison, big, big uh, friend of the show. Uh, we're massive fans of him. You know him. He said that Takashida's on his list, and he's been really blowing everyone away. So he's earned the opportunity to go into Moxley, which is huge for him. And yeah, I think while somewhat of a predictable card in terms of what's being announced, I think it'll still be a fun show um, for all involved. But then the following week, Anthony, so Fighter Fest Week Two, so taking place on the twentieth of July. Hmm. There's only one match announced so far, and I remember we reported in the news a while ago that. We're going to be doing something with Shark Week. What I didn't expect that to be was a barbed wire death match with the entire JAS suspended in a shark cage above the ring. Because uh, that's all we're getting. And uh, when I, I first still kind of hate shark cage above the rings. Yeah, me too. And when I first saw this, I did think it was like a fan made, like, you know, joke. But it's happening. And yeah, interestingly, it's not an exploding barbed wire death match. Maybe they learned from last time. Uh, not an exploding shark cage. 
Well, maybe. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It's obviously a very brutal match, and it's could be the perfect end to their feud. It doesn't really make the most sense why the JAS are going to be suspended in a cage um, and Blackpool Combat Club and that aren't, if I'm perfectly honest. But never mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's literally, sadly, uh, we, we have to call these things, honestly, Carl. It is just like a, well, we'll put the shark cage in there because, you know, Cause it's shark. we need a shark reference. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's you know, if WWE did it, we'd be calling them for it. So I'm, I'm going to call AEW. Like, it, there's no sense to it. They've just done it because of that. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, to me, Anthony, AEW really jumped the shark this week. Hey! Boom! Uh, so, yeah, we'll leave you with that. But that's that's AEW, that's WWE, and that's This Week in Wrestling. Um, so, as Anthony's alluded to, we're going to be talking some serious news this week, including some pretty strong heat on uh, Natalia and potentially Liv Morgan after some stuff that happened there. we got updates on Vince McMahon, and we've got some injury updates on AEW as well, so make sure you check that out. Um, we also are going to be doing a What If segment that was voted for by you guys. Uh, so we've got that coming up. And we've also just had another interview, which won't be coming out tomorrow, but will be coming out um, probably early next week or this weekend. whenever. And you know what we're like, we're going to plug the fuck out of it, so whenever we you'll see that. Done. So yeah, you've also got that to look forward to as well. So until then, we are A to the K, and this is the one and only Thunder Rosa to say goodbye. Hey everybody, this is Thunder Rosa, and you're watching or listening A to the K. 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 A to the K.